Welcome to episode 50 of Criminality Show. This is the podcast where we talk about reality TV, we talk about true crime, we talk about how the two often go together and how loving reality TV is not a crime. Melissa, hello. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. That All that counting episodes really winded me. Yeah. So, um, you know. We've been on a journey of intros here. <laughs> Lucky for the audience, they've only they'll only be subject to part of it. But um, but yes, fifty episodes. How about that? That's wild, and we're coming up on two years. Another wild thing. I know. Yeah, that makes sense. Fifty-two weeks in a year. Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah, with a couple of floating things around there that we may have made up our own schedule for, sort of thing. Oh yeah, extra bonus <laughs> thing. Whatever. Nobody count too hard. Yeah. <laughs> Just we're here and we're so excited that we're going to have a new episode today. But how are you doing? I am uh, doing well. How about you? Oh, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, my daughter turned 14 this weekend. Does that That's help? huge. That was yeah. exciting. That's a big um, milestone and happy is. birthday and congratulations to you. I know, right? I feel like I should really be the one getting gifts here. We um, always should she, be. She was great. She was sick and so we couldn't do her <sighs> birthday party and then my son and I got sick. So now my husband still isn't sick, which he's just waiting for like the most inconvenient time. Mm-hmm. I know it. It's going to yeah. be Saturday. It's going to be Saturday. It's going to be right when everyone feels better and you've like disinfected the house. Mm-hmm. He's yep. going <laughs> to and lay down. Yep. Yeah. And can't come get up. No. So anyway, I, I love him. But um, but I'm really getting angry. I'm like pre mad at him about what's going to oh, come. <laughs> yes. Oh, the pre anger. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get that. The preemptive. Contempt. Yeah, I'm like seething just thinking about it. Um, meanwhile, he's just living his life trying yeah. to stay, you know, keep from getting sick. So everyone's doing good. Glad to be through with that. And um, I don't think we have anything really exciting in reality tv news this week do we the bachelor came back but i don't even know if it was the bachelor or the bachelorette because i don't watch either of them oh yeah that's actually not on my radar either no i think for once there's no conviction sentencing for the first time in like a couple of months wow we might be out of business here soon just kidding i'll (laughs) give it time i will say potomac has been crazy and we haven't talked about that in a minute but um i don't know if you've been watching but Here's the thing. I only am keeping up with Ronnie and Ben. I know. For some reason, We've talked I'm, about this. Yeah. I'm just in a place of just needing recaps and not actually watching some shows. It's a perfectly acceptable route to go. Um, but I will say they're kind of bringing it and it's highly entertaining this season. Well, then it seems like we should just get right into today's story. Let's do it. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with a little question. It's a where were you when this happened, which is one of your favorite questions for me. I, I mostly so want to know, yeah, what you remember your, what were your first thoughts when you heard that there would be a new franchise of the Housewives and that it would be in Salt Lake City? I was excited because I remember Andy sold it as being like, this is not what you're thinking. This is totally different. And I knew there was money to money in the area. So yep. it could be quite dramatic. And then when they started describing the women, it wasn't like it wasn't like a normal group of housewives, right? Like nope. religions varied, cultures varied. There was there was a lot of differences compared to what we had seen before. So I was really excited. Same. And I feel like anything I knew about Salt Lake City was very kind of small and probably inaccurate. And so I was really excited to like literally see Salt Lake City, which looks yeah. beautiful. Oh my gosh, so pretty. Yeah, I would like to do more than lay over in their airport, which I've only done once. So hopefully someday. Well, 
If you can believe it, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City have only been with us a mere three seasons, but my gosh, have they delivered in that short period of time. Now, if you can think back to season one, it was clear that the show's main plot point was going to be the bizarre life of Mary Cosby, who we learn right out the gate is married to her step-grandpa and possibly running a cult. And I remember that so distinctly, like, this is it. This is going to be the cult story I've been (laughs) waiting for. You know, we kind of got one with Orange County, with Elizabeth Vargas, but like this felt like- super sad though. That was like a different kind of cult. That one was 100%. Like we might have a leader on our hands. So Mm -hmm. I was like- thinking, well, this could be lead to an investigative podcast I might have to do. Who knows? Grab your volleyball. It's time. Absolutely. Sashes on. We're here. (laughs) Then swoosh. Complete left turn because Jen Shaw gets criminally charged and the show takes a major pivot towards that story. Salt Lake City viewers basically leave that show with more questions than they have answers. Like, did Bravo do a background check on any of these women? Any. Did Coach know about Jen's crimes? And for the love of all things Mormon, what happened to Heather's eye? (laughs) Seriously. And why did Mary skip out on the season two reunion? Well, today's story will not definitively answer any of those questions, (laughs) but the season three reunion will have aired by the time this episode drops. So hopefully we'll at least know what happened to Heather's eye because I cannot stand it. How many parts is it? Because there's no way they're going to tell us in the first one. I'm guessing it's going to be a three. Well, they don't have Jen, so maybe they could tighten it and get it into two. I don't know. I saw a picture and there was only four of them in the photo. And I was like, what is there to talk about? Yeah. It it could have just been Ryan Bailey posted it. And so he like put a black eye on Heather. So it could have been a whole. (laughs) His memes and stuff are so great. So as soon as I said that, I'm like, where was, what's your source here, Melissa? It's Ryan Bailey and his amazing memes. So yes, follow if you're not already amazing. Follow. But for now, what we're going to do is deep dive into the life and legal battles of Mary Cosby, pastor, wife, mother, enigma. A question again, Melissa, your first impression of Ms. Mary Cosby. Chaotic. Yeah. I, I forgot when you started to mention that she's married to her step-grandpa thing. I remember when that was released and they talked about this whole thing of how she was married to her step-grandpa and I was like, this is it. This is everything to me. Like... This storyline, you've got the cult. I've got like the super creepy family dysfunction yeah. going on, which I thrive on. And and she was the one that was bringing it to me. Both bringing of us. Both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like just when you thought you'd seen it all on the Housewives, I think that's what was so great about Salt Lake City is that they came in with things that we'd really never seen covered. Totally. But before we can get into all things Mary, we do need to go back to another time and place Indiana, actually, in 1931, which only sounds really boring. (laughs) So that is when and where Rosalind Cosby was born. To understand Mary now, we really do have to go back to understand her grandmother's story. Yeah. So Rosalind, her grandmother, was raised in a Pentecostal church and was baptized as a teenager. In 1960, she was 30 years old, and she felt a distinct call from God to go and preach the gospel and save souls. And like many people and figures of the Bible, Rosalind wondered, but where, God, where do you want me to go? And as you can imagine, the Lord answered her, Salt Lake City, of course. Wow. So she took, I know, I mean, it's just, it is kind of weird because she's from Indiana. Yeah. And she has very few possessions and she takes what she has. She accepts donations from her community and she makes the pilgrimage west on foot. 
literally what? walks. Yes. She walks. And I think there's like trains and rides from, you know, kind people along the way. But this is a literal like hitchhiking across country situation. In 1931? No, it's 1960 now. She's 30 oh, okay. years old. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll I know. In in both, it still seems dangerous, but... Yeah. Yeah. She got as far as Colorado, where she stopped to regroup and replenish her funds. A church took her in, and she preached there. And by all accounts, the congregation and the pastor there thought she was gifted, and they raised money that she needed to get her the rest of the way to Utah. And she did make it to Utah. She got a housekeeping job, she rented a basement apartment, and she got to work. She went door-to-door trying to save people, and when she wasn't doing that, and when she wasn't working, she was leading home church services right in her basement apartment. Her church grew in popularity, and she became officially ordained as a member of the Pentecostal Churches of the Apostolic Faith in 1964, and she founded a ministry called the Contenders for Faith of Jesus Christ Incorporated. Yeah, in three years. That's a mouthful, but that's like... (laughs) That's kind of a clumsy name, to be quite honest with you, for what it seems like she's doing. I don't know that, you know, marketing was her, you know, it would be a couple Fair. generations before the real Fair. like marketing guru and s- scams would come into play. But um, yeah, it's not so catchy. But by this time, she has enough money to go back to Indiana, where I learned she had kids. So she picked them up. Yes, she, when she went to Utah, she had left her kids, I guess, to go like, Paved the way, and she sure. did. She brought her kids, one of whom was her daughter, Rosalind Cesares, who she didn't take back was her first husband, with whom she had these kids. I don't know his name, but it will be important later. So she gets her kids. What's impressive is what happens over the next two decades. This woman who barely had two pennies to rub together when she left Indiana to build this church, which she now called Faith Temple. Better. Yeah, memorable. Mm-hmm. She then built a series of businesses and ministries alongside that. By 1984, she had two churches under the same name, Faith Temple, one in Salt Lake City and one in her hometown of Indianapolis. She opened a restaurant called The Southern Plantation in Salt Lake City, which featured soul food and gospel entertainment. She started a private daycare and preschool, a mortgage company, and a radio station, which I know she really diversified her employment portfolio. Mm. Yes which combined with her churches were building quite a financial dynasty. So by 1997, she was divorced from her first husband and she had now remarried a man named Robert, who was 20 years her junior. So he was 22 when he married her and she was 42. He would become the Bishop of Faith Tabernacle and for the next two decades, they would lead the church together. So this is Robert Sr., okay? Oh my gosh, okay. Yes, yeah. So in the January of 1997, did I say the January? You said just January. January. Yeah, just yeah. January. Well, what I did it too. <laughs> <laughs> Rosemary died of either a heart-related issue or natural causes, depending on the source. And this is where the story gets really crazy. So according to Mary, it was in her will that in the case of her death, her being mama's death, the church and her role would be left to Mary, and her role would include being the bishop's wife and the pastor, which also meant marrying Robert, who, as we know, is Mary's step-grandfather. It was weird, even to her, even though they're not blood relatives, and that is important to say, and she says it many times, they're not related by blood, but it's still a quite unusual scenario. Well, that on top of it being like, you have to marry this person. So it's like an arranged marriage. It's a condition. In yeah. your own family. Like that's. Well, that's too much. It's unusual. 
Here's how Mary tells the story in her own words. To make it work, right? right. Yeah, right. So leaving is it's not an option. I always say I have beauty in all my mess. The reality is that I am married to my grandmother's second husband, which was my step-grandfather. Before she passed, she made it very clear that she wanted me to be the one to take her place in the church and, and inherit everything that came with homes, money, our church, and also marrying her husband. Don't think it wasn't weird, because it was. But I did it because I trusted my grandmother, and I'm so glad I did it. I believe that something knocks you down, just get back up. And I learned that through my mom. I feel like she chopped my heart up. I put it back together and made a prettier one. How and old were you when, you when you disconnected? Mm, 19. Young. That's very hard. It was hard in the beginning because that was my best friend. That's who I went to dinner with. That's who I, yeah. And then she did a switch and put money. It was it, about it, money. But it's not money, it's the love of it. No, it's material. It, it's the root of evil. I'm not gonna lie, it was all bizarre. I was actually 22 when we got married. It split our church. My mom had a fit because she wanted the church. She wanted my grandmother's place. My mom felt like she was the one that should have been marrying Robert Sr. And the wedding night was, everything was weird. Did you guys sleep together the first night? After, no, after thank goodness I was on my period. And the period lasted for like at least two weeks. He's like, you still, I'm like, yep, I'm still on. So it got awkward. He's like, you still, I'm like, yep, I still am. So I like stretched it out. because like 28 day. I was like, mm. I had to get past that. I started to pray myself. I started to seek, you know, higher help myself. And it worked out so good. Like it couldn't have been better. She ends that with, it couldn't have been better. Sort the of thinking based on that last story, could have been better. Yeah, that whole, I know that was a long clip, but I feel like it really paints a picture. Yeah. The denial is real. It's weird because she like confronts the truth. She tells the truth about it that she really wasn't comfortable with it. Right. Like, we've all been in the period story. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the most relatable part of the story. And then she ends it with, but it really, you know, she sought the higher help and it was all good. And right. that is just, eh, maybe not. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uncomfortable. Mm. To add to that, Mary says that Mama wanted Robert to be with, quote, one of her girls, her girls being her daughter, Roz, or her granddaughter, Mary, because she said she felt like she had robbed Robert's youth because she was 42 and he was 22. And so she was like, it would be great for him to be with my daughter or granddaughter because they're younger. I know. Oh, that's I know. so gross. Oh, yeah. So Mary said she prayed about it and felt at peace that it was for her, but apparently her mom got the same memo from God mm. that it should be her and thus began this epic fallout. If you watched Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, like I know probably a lot of our listeners did, it doesn't take long to see that Mary seems to feel more love towards her Chanel bags and her Gucci boots than yeah. she actually does towards her own husband. I would like to play this shorter clip to kind of contrast to what we just heard about it working out with Robert. I would change Robert's ear. I would just like change him, the whole person, to what I want in him that I don't get, you know? It's exhausting for me to wait for all those. Like you want them to humble themselves, you want them to like say they're sorry, that you want them to be passionate, you want them to like, you know, just be alive. 
And then you have Robert Sr. I love her honesty. Like, I just want to change him. These are all the things he's not. I Like, you can feel her <laughs> kind of being really real with this situation and then being like, that's not him or, or and, whatever. And then I get Robert. And then I get Robert. And you're like, Who yeah, apparently no, I saw is a, him. a walking dead man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Bravo adds that, like, very sad... music in the background to like really highlight this strange thing she's saying which Mm -hmm. goes against every housewife's mo which is always like our marriage is great like yeah yeah my husband's so hot you know we're so attracted to each other she just she just i always just get that feeling like she doesn't know she's on a tv show (laughs) right I would agree with you. I sort of wondered if they had like ring cameras in the house and that's how they were getting their like <laughs> video of her because some of the things she would say, you're like, why would you ever yeah. say that out? Like, I know there's a camera crew. Right. Why are you saying this out loud? Yeah. yeah that's that's a lot. But like what she was saying, I think she said it in that clip. I apologize if this wasn't it, about her being younger or no maybe it was back to what you were saying about the grandma wanting him to be with somebody younger just like it's the idea to just switch off generations but like why not just marry somebody maybe your own age? like if that was such a problem for her that she felt like she stole his youth why not just be like hey marry who you want to this time you know yeah and maybe don't make it a condition of like the inheritance and the estate That's gross it's very weird to connect the two but that's just like the beginning of the weird. So as we know, Mary does step into the role of first lady at Faith Tabernacle. And then there's this huge split in the congregation. Half go with Rosalind and some other family members who are just like, we are not about this. This is crazy. This is not what mama would have wanted. And half stay put to honor. And maybe they believe that is what mama wanted. And so they are like, okay, we'll stay here at this Faith Tabernacle with Mary Cosby and um, Robert Sr. Wait, question was it like written out that she wanted this stuff okay okay please hold we are so gonna get there yeah it's actually your timing is perfect because andy would later ask was it documented in a will about leaving the church to mary and also this requirement being married to robert as part of the agreement like basically show us the receipts and mary says there are no receipts it was a verbal agreement it was something they had prayed about it was something that her grandmother told her was her, you know, dying wish and her vision for the future. So great question. The only thing I can say with certainty, because this story is bananas, is that Mary wasn't lying. I know for a fact there was no written will from Rosemary Mama Cosby, which is why this is an episode of criminality. Because when you die without a will, things get very complicated and generally people behave badly. So I'm going to tell you all about the battle over Mama's estate after a quick break to hear from this week's sponsors. Okay, so let's go back to Rosemary's death in 1997, which was either heart failure or natural causes, TBD. While vacationing in Florida, a very healthy and youthful Rosemary dies suddenly. And her kids, including Rosalind, are like, that's weird. She was really healthy and she loves Florida like... I don't know what yeah. loving Florida has to do, but like, why would you, I don't know. Like, why would you die somewhere you love? I guess you can't yeah. control that. <laughs> but Florida officials who I guess went to the scene where she passed, took her husband, Robert Sr.'s word for it, who said, you know, she just died of natural causes. Do we know how old she was at this time? Like 60 something. Okay. Not old and no health conditions okay. that they knew about. So a month later, because she didn't have a will, Robert files an application to represent her estate. 
which I guess even if you're the spouse, you have to do if there is no designated person. And mama's kids are like, no way, no day. We want to be the representatives of her estate because we kind of think you killed her. Oh gosh. (laughs) Yeah, they were really suspicious because to them, it just didn't make any sense. And they also felt that Robert was shady about the finances and that he was working in cahoots with the church's financial team to hide and move assets. And he seemed in a real rush to get all this stuff done. That doesn't sound like a man. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Red flag number one. And now, as we mentioned, her estate was quite valuable, not because the businesses were doing so amazing. It was more like the commercial real estate value itself was valuable. And everybody kind of thought, Everybody had an idea of what to do with all this commercial real estate. So the kids of Mama Cosby petitioned the court in August of 1998. And the judge says, we're going to figure this out. And in the meantime, he basically gives Robert a restraining order on the estate, not against a person, but saying you can't do anything with the estate yet. It's technically probably going to go to you because you're the spouse. That's generally who it defaults to. Mm -hmm. Don't move money. Don't sell anything. Just wait while we figure it out. Meanwhile... Just a year and a half after Rosemary dies, Mary and Robert Sr. get married. Now, we've all been fed this narrative about Mama's vision and her wish was for Mary to get the church and the husband. But some people, including Rosalind, say that is not what Mama Cosby wanted, that this was Robert's backdoor way of getting control of the estate, that he was basically like, well, I could get in with the family by way of Mary, who might ultimately be, you know, bequeathed some of this inheritance, and this will help my case to marry her. Now, that's not provable. This is alleged, but that is what some of the family started to suspect. Okay. So in February of 1999, Rosalind files a claim that her mother's signature has been forged, and she brings in a top FBI expert to prove this to a judge, like someone who'd worked really famous cases, who said, yeah, this is not Rosemary Redmond Cosby's signature. And basically there was something called a quick claim deed that Robert materialized saying it's not a, it's like, it's like a stopgap to a will. It's like they didn't have a will. Here's a piece, a legal official piece of paper that says I can take everything over in my absence or death. What is that called? Power of attorney. It's kind of like a quick power of attorney. So he suddenly materializes this document that has Rosemary's signature on it. Kind of weird that it's like a year and a half later in my opinion. And for some reason that I don't understand, the judge will not allow the expert to testify. And this is like a civil case with a jury. So the jury doesn't get to hear that evidence. So obviously she loses. But Rosalind, who I'm learning is a very persistent woman, goes around that judge, takes it to the next higher court, and ultimately keeps going up to the Utah Supreme Court, where the judge will look at the opinion of this expert and says it's totally admissible. Wow. So she returns to the lower district court where it's now allowed in and she wins the ruling And in fact, it's deemed that he forged Rosalind's signature on this document, which I forget already what it's called, a quick claim deed. Okay. So with that win, Rosalind wants to revisit her mother's death. She feels like it's the momentum she needs to really open this case again. She takes this opportunity to go back to Florida and open up a suspicious death investigation for her mother. And that includes exhuming the body, which you have to have like a pretty you know, justified reason yeah. to do. And you'd now, have to want like it's, that. Mm, it's traumatic, right? And Totally, she, yeah. I think she must have felt really confident that they were going to find something that would help. 
I want to believe good that there's good motives behind this, but I will sure. say I do think everyone was vying for mama's money. <laughs> like, mm, yeah. and, 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 you know, maybe she was more justified in wanting it than someone else, but I'm right. just, I do think that was part of it. But I also think if he, she was harmed, her mother was harmed at the hands of her husband. I think she wanted to know that. And that's fair. Yeah. So in this, after the exhumation, it's declared that she died of hypertensive cardiovascular disorder, which is weird because that wasn't found at the first autopsy. Hmm. So the only problem is Rosemary had no record of a heart medication that she took, no diagnosis that they knew of. So it could be one of those fluke things that just stranger things have happened, right? People's hearts give out. Yeah. So apparently medically, that is what they said happened. Um, And obviously Robert Sr., I think if, I think if mama had had a condition, he would have mentioned that would have helped his case almost to be like, well, she had that heart thing, but he had never said that. So it seems like she didn't really have that. And maybe it was just like a a sudden sudden thing. Yeah. Which is really sad. So her autopsy report was changed from natural cause to this hypertensive cardiovascular disorder. And it wasn't enough to press charges or to pursue the investigation beyond that. So the civil battle for her estate goes on for years and it's 2005. The estate is finally ordered to pay Rosalind and the siblings $1.2 million in damages because the court ruled that they quote fraudulently diverted funds after death. So it was a small win, but they're still not representatives of the estate, but they were awarded damages. Now, that's kind of the end of the record of the legal battle. I think there's still things happening. What's confusing is how Robert and Mary continue to live so lavishly. Yeah. You saw their, I mean, it's not a home either of us might want to live in, but it was like 20,000 square feet. And apparently they have four others. And they don't rent them out. She has rooms. I mean, she's practically drowning in couture clothing. Tacky couture clothing. Luann would have a field day with her Louis Vuittons. Oh my gosh, right? And oh, that's the news. That's the Bravo news is Alex McCord is going on to the the girls trip. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's going to be wild. So this is kind of where the church slash cult conversation starts. I love a cult story. I think that's really clear. I made it clear at the top. I've talked about it before. But it's really hard to prove if a church or a religion or a spiritual movement is actually a cult. Also, cults are not illegal. Crime is, but you have to follow the crime to make a case against a cult. So I just want to be really, really clear that everything about the church being a cult is just speculation and alleged. But the show does feature it as a topic. So I feel like it's fair to talk about. Sure. But none of the legal recorded documentation around civil or criminal charges have to do with this. So there have been no like allegations brought against them formally. What I also learned in my research, which I'm sure you know, and I knew a little bit that, you know, churches get a little bit of a protection as a 501c3. They're a nonprofit. It's a separation of church and state. You're really allowed to kind of do your own thing. But what I learned is they're really, really protected in that the IRS is really not going to audit a church. Right. So please don't use this as like a PSA. People just yeah. do good. Well, look at that one that ends with ology that um, mm-hmm. they're fighting to have right. their them lose their tax exempt status for that very reason. Exactly. Nobody can touch them. Nobody can touch them. And you know, when you have people with bad intentions, Stuff can go on internally for a really long time and go unnoticed. 
And what I also learned is that only people with high-level treasury-appointed roles in churches who have knowledge of a crime being committed or a misappropriation of funds can open a case or report it. It's not like you or I couldn't, right. but the, the um, requirement, the burden of proof is on the person. And so they, they use this language that's like treasury-level appointed role. Guess right. what Mary's official title in the church is? Whatever you just said with the word treasury in it. Yeah, she's treasurer. We always got to know her. She Did she ever say that on the show? She's the first lady. She's the never. pastor. Mm. She was never the treasurer, but she is technically the treasurer. Seems convenient to me as a way to appoint her of that yeah. role. I will, yeah. We also learned that her church accepts love offerings and that these can be, I mean, their church has been called a mega church. There are thousands of people that attend in its heyday. Whoa. So these love offerings can go up to the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now that's not illegal either. If people want to freely give their money to a church, they can. But right. what pastors and treasurers and church leadership cannot do is use those donations for planes and homes and vacations and designer clothing. That is a big no-no. So in season two, Whitney is up to her little Nancy Drew shenanigans again. Mm-hmm. And she really wants to spread the story that Mary's church, the same one, by the way, that she brought her dad to. Do you remember dad that to, scene yeah. when oh. he was like in the throes of addiction and they mm-hmm. went to his service? That was actually really so sad. Like, so sad. So moving. Like, yeah, to me, that's like her church in the best light possible. It was like very sure. loving, very accepting. They prayed for him. The music was so vibrant and even Meredith was clapping and smiling. So, you know, it yeah, was like yeah. joyful, mm-hmm. <laughs> but so, you know, she, I guess Whitney forgot about that. And she just starts spreading these church rumors that she's, you know, that are in her ear from other people. And we meet an ex-church member who's friends with Lisa and Whitney named Cameron Williams, who corroborates this story that Whitney's saying by telling on camera that he was coerced into mortgaging his home for $300,000 and donating the money to the church and that he got into a huge financial issue because of it. Do you remember him? Mm Mm-hmm. He also said that he witnessed Robert and Mary do harmful things to parishioners. Now, what's even more bizarre is that by the time we watched that episode of Cameron revealing this at that party, he would be dead. Yeah. So everyone started Googling, like, I'm like, everyone. I started Googling Cameron (laughs) Williams, like, this is it. Like, this is going to be clinching the deal and tell us the cult story. And then I'm like, he's dead. I'm like, oh, this is, here comes the investigative podcast. Right. But turns out, Tragically, he had an inoperable brain tumor and he had, he passed away. So suddenly too young, he was only 33 years old. Oh my gosh. I thought he was a little older. I know. No, no. He seemed a bit, I know. Yeah. He was was young. Forties or something. Was still too young, but he was 33, super, super young. So when the show aired, people found out he was dead after seeing him on the show and the rumors escalated because we didn't know yet that it was because he had cancer. Now, remember it isn't a cult just because people give money. Most churches collect tithes and offerings to offset the church's expenses. That's totally fine. But that doesn't really jive with this leaked audio. I don't know if you heard this that came out after the season of Mary chastising her parishioners for their paltry birthday gifts and wishes. Yeah. The church coming in here trying to give me. I need preaching over y'all stand. Doing everything else, y'all ain't helping. Can't wait to pay your tithes. I got 14 birthday cards. Don't stingy tell. You old poor people. I don't want no poor people around me. 
you're poor as hell. And if you ain't poor, you're stingy, so you're still poor. God said you was poor. Said you're written, what's that scripture, Norman? Uh, <laughs> Oof. Yeah. All of it is so gross. Those are like very much inside thought. Those are not thoughts I would have, <laughs> but also those should be inside thoughts. But the 14 birthday cards thing kills Ooh. me to say that. I had a friend, this reminds me of that, um, who on her birthday on Facebook, she kept a spreadsheet. She posted it after her birthday. It was a spreadsheet of Stop. who wrote, no. text, or called her for no. her birthday no and as you can imagine with that personality there wasn't that many people that had been a part of that list but i was terrified because i knew my name wasn't going to be on there but it was like a burn list it, it was it was truly wild one of the Sorry, best days of my, my life on facebook <laughs> i loved it i just turned on comments and was like let's see it let's watch it rip <laughs> oh my gosh that's really demented like it was a friend from high school it was it was I was like I wonder how she's doing not well yeah not well well. I know that audio is rough but here's the highlights if anyone missed anything I'm doing everything else halfway pay y'all's tithes I got 14 birthday cards y'all stingy selves you poor people I don't want no poor people around me and if you ain't poor you're stingy and so you're still poor God says you're poor What's that scripture, Norman? That was the end. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm preaching at you, but like also I'd like a refresher because I yeah. don't know this very well. I love that she couldn't come up with one verse about like money, generosity, no. poor. Mm-hmm. Um, I came up with a couple. I was wondering if she meant to say, oh, blessed are the poor for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or maybe she meant whoever's kind to the poor gives unto the Lord and will be rewarded. <laughs> You know, yeah. just a couple things she I might have, a feeling have said. Those were the ones that popped in her head, and she was like, "Not that, not that." What's the verse? Get behind me, Satan! Yeah. yeah, I want more cards. This depiction of her church is so different from the one we got to see on the show, and it really right. bums me out, to be honest. Because I love a vibrant, joyful church. I would love the idea of a housewife being a great faith leader. Like that's kind of yeah. something we've never seen, and it's just, uh, it's just disappointing to me that she, of course is terrible and a monster and shady. Yeah. Um, I do just want to juxtapose, if you will, that clip that we just listened to with okay. the actual, this is literally how she defines church on the show. And it's another link I'm putting in the chat. For me, church is a place of a rescue. And it's a place where love should always flow. Okay. Yes. True. Agreed. Yeah. It's like, that would have been a nice philosophy to sort of live into and have exude from your being. Right. <laughs> it's like if nothing that's all we she saw. said the whole season. <laughs> right. So it's completely messy and complicated and it leaves more questions than answers, which we never get because Mary does the ultimate no-no in the school of housewives and she doesn't show up for the season two reunion. And most people think it's because Whitney and the other women of the show, they were coming prepared. Yeah. They had the receipts about the church and her wrongdoing, but we don't know for sure. Now, lest we think Mary's just a super quirky possible cult leader, it's important to remember that often at the center of the drama, a lot of her antics really couldn't be described as Christian or kind. Like the time she told Jen Shaw she smelled like hospital, (laughs) which is like the most random burn of all time. Not the hospital, just hospital. Smell like hospital. 
But can I tell you, I knew what she meant. A hundred percent. It's like iodine, whatever, yes. like mm-hmm. starched, mm-hmm. sterile gown, band aid. Yeah, I can smell an open wound. So that's what. Um, yeah, when she said it, I was like rude, but also I know what Jen. That Shaw was the like genius of it. Was that it made no sense and it made perfect sense. <laughs> now, I don't know if you remember what happened right after that. Well, Jen flips out and says why she smells like hospital because her aunt got Ants. like double, double amputation. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that's not funny at all. But It's like, not funny. It's just the whole conversation you're watching. Like, what am I watching right now? Is this real? But then mm-hmm. we learned, that's when we learned that Mary had spent a long time in the hospital and she's very sympathetic towards that because she had all her odor glands removed. Sweat glands removed. I forgot about that. And so I think that's so you don't smell for a minute when she said odor glands. I thought it meant she couldn't smell. So I'm like, well, how'd she know she smelled like hospital? But it really meant like, it's like, so she doesn't smell like sweat. Yeah. Which that seems like, I know I am a sweater for sure. And I used to have to wear like prescription deodorant. Like that was not like smelly but I was just super sweaty yeah and um so I know that's something people go with go through but she was it seemed very voluntary and more like I don't like how it ruins my really ugly shirt silk blouses yeah Yeah. Yeah. the other thing the church alleges or former church members this isn't even in my notes but I remembered reading that um she disappeared for three years and she came back looking like an entirely different person. <laughs> three years. Yeah. She said she was having like medical issues and that that was one of the surgeries she had, but she came back and they said her hair was blonde. Her skin was lighter. She was skinnier. I think she just had like head to toe elective surgeries. Yeah. Which may or may not have been with Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> her doctor was in Indiana. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, and then there was the time she thought Whitney was acting like a child and she shut down the argument with a definitive you can go little girl do you remember that like Miss Hannigan moment it's so great and Danny Pellegrino is one that uses that clip all the time and it's always perfect yeah he does and then there were the racial slurs which I don't even want to repeat because they were incredibly offensive so for all of these reasons I honestly don't feel like I have a far better grasp of who Mary is even after all this research (laughs) So I will put it to you guys. Is she the victim of a corrupt organization who used her as a pawn for financial gain? Or was she a young woman who deeply believed in God and her grandma who also wanted nice things and found herself in an untenable situation that she doesn't know how to get out of? I honestly think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Currently, the church is closed. It is not having any in-person gatherings. It was because of COVID, but they've never reopened and most churches are reopened. They do still have a website. However, before she died, Mama had a clothing line and that website has been refreshed in 2023. Mama's Boy Clothing Line is alive and well. (laughs) They sell faith-based apparel and gifts. And as for Mary herself, she's been laying low since leaving the show. She posts on social media. I know. Do we need to sit and talk about Mama's Boy apparel? (laughs) I don't know why. Melissa can't recall. All of a sudden went to like an arrested development mother boy situation and I love it so much yeah it's it's great no really go google it Mary posts sporadically on social and she has a website for a perfume called marimarta.com that's the website but when you get to the site there's also apparel a non-profit kids clothes activism and art (laughs) 
And as I mentioned, the URL is marimarta.com. But when you get there, the title of the site is MMC's Real Cool Things, which <laughs> sounds exactly right for Ms. Mary Cosby. That's all <laughs> That's I got. Amazing. <laughs> Honestly, that makes the Beerman's Closet yes. just look like sacks because she's that giving is them just- a run. That's truly wild to have all those things in one. I mean, it's a one-stop shop. It's not only one-stop, it's one-of-a-kind items. That seems to be the premise that each thing is considered art. And so when it says sold out on a pair of shoes, it's because there was only one. I feel like they were hers. It's like a Beerman's Closet model. I'm not sure. But there is also art and activism. But I was unable to figure out exactly how those connect. Also, the nonprofit is about like lifting up businesswomen and there's no information, no mission statement, but you can click and make a donation. Well, thank goodness. Yeah. That's what I want to do. So there's no alarm bells or red flags on that website. This feels like Mary (laughs) found out about the metaverse and she was like, here's what I want in. I want all of it. You can come to all of my places. (laughs) She's like, this is an NFT. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is it an NFT? That's <laughs> it's it's maybe is it there is. A maybe the Bitcoin? joke's on us. Yeah. Maybe it's like an NFT. Maybe maybe she's a genius. <laughs> By I the way, know. her estimated net worth was one of the higher ones of the housewives. Um it's between three and five million dollars. So not that many poor people at our church, apparently. Apparently. Only giving half. But I really do wonder if things are going to come out in time about some, you know, crookery. Yeah. <laughs> within the church. And I just wouldn't be surprised at this point. I think Jen Shaw's story was a real reprieve for her. I think she would have been more in the hot seat longer. Oh, for sure. So, so yeah, that's Mary Cosby. I mean, what in the world? Wow. <laughs> That's very Cosby. What in the world? That's true. I learned so much. Like I felt like we learned a little on Salt Lake City, but there's so much I forgot about and you did a great job with it. That was that was really fun. I'm glad. And again, we say this all the time, but so the story she put on the show is like, I know it's weird. I married my grandfather. I think she thought I'm getting ahead of this. There'll be nothing for them to find out or sure. talk about. But she knows, like, she's not talked to her mom in 25 years. By the way, if you want to hear the whole other side of the family, I didn't include a lot of direct quotes because it's like rogue podcasts and like weird YouTube channels where they're interviewed. There aren't any Mm -hmm. like sound publications who've quoted them. So I didn't really want to include too much. But you can Google what her mom says. I mean, it sounds like a very different story. How did Mary not think that would come up, that it wasn't in the will? I mean, she had to, the, the suspicious death part, like... That stuff is written about in newspapers. Yeah. It's just weird to me. And and Robert, I mean, we saw him on the reunion, like, and in every scene, he clearly doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be anywhere. Well, no, he's a dead man walking. On earth. Like, he's just checked out for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a lot. I feel bad for their son because that is... son seems great. I know. And that seems like such a confusing, like, to me, Mary just does not seem well. No, I know. Take that to mean whatever, but like... yeah. But again, Bravo giving these people platforms and not really doing research, as you were saying, like there's there's stuff out there. But 
the I Married My Grandpa, there was a movie called The Stupids. I think oh, no. I watched it in middle school. Okay. And there was a song called I'm My Own Grandpa. And every time she would talk about marrying her grandpa, just this dumb song, I'm My Own Grandpa, like through this like weird whatever thing always pops in my head. So I can't I believe there's someone. another pop culture reference with that story that is you know so I can always do it I know you're a walking miracle speaking <laughs> of church I've been a walking dead man <laughs> yeah so I'm I'm excited to move on from that <laughs> we can do that so tell me when you're able yes what you've been watching because we haven't talked about tv in a while except for sister wives which is just thank you I just I need to just say it on the record I'm not too proud to say you were right it took me too long. It's great to be here. Right? It's, just <sighs> it's given me so much. Yeah. And people and connections and how things change over time and how who we are changes over time. Absolutely. Yeah, so much. There's so and much. Your your girl truly, like, there's oh, just so much to it. I can't hear the word truly now without and kind of getting sentence, emotional. Right? No, that's what I mean. Yeah. When people are like, I truly don't know. And I'm like, truly? <laughs> <laughs> truly, Brown. <laughs> Um, so I yeah, so other than Sister Wives, tell me what you've been watching. I'm off the Sister Wives tra- train. I finished. I'm humiliated that this is literally all I have to bring to you today. I was trying to watch another one, but for some reason it was not available yet. So okay. I am going to give you not a recommendation. Okay. 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 That happens. First word. <laughs> Moms. Okay. <gasps> Second word, sons. Oh no, you didn't third world word canceled it's not been canceled but i think it should be do you know is it milf manor it's milf manor. <laughs> oh my gosh melissa taking one for the team is it as bad as we assume is it worse it's the lowest of the low remember the adults adopting adults that <laughs> yeah. made it three episodes oh yeah and something it, really bad happened on that one yeah if this one makes it to a third episode I will be shocked. So the premise, if you haven't seen it, was basically on 30 Rock years ago, which was... I know. You, your <laughs> TikTok violence. about this was perfect. It's like a joke. It cannot be real. But okay, here's the most upsetting part. So it's a group of moms uh, looking for a younger, hot guy. And it's a group of younger guys looking for a hot, older woman, right? So put them together and they meet and date. But the big twist is that the... It's actually the mom's sons are no, on one no. side and the son's mom. Yeah. So they're all like, you are there with your mother. If you are there to find an older woman, your mom is there too. What? So you're seeing your son date and your son seeing you date. Wait, 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 wait. One oh, half of the duo had to have known. That's the whole thing. You had to have two willing participants in the same family think this is a good idea. No, times but like don't you think 10. they only told one? Like, did they tell the sons? They it's told be- them at the same time. They said, you're coming for this dating oh, show. Oh, but oh, oh, oh my The reveal God. was like, pull up the thing. Now, was this real or not? I don't know. Right, right, right. But... But that's there the was premise. some panic going on. Of course. That, that, oh my gosh, my mom is dating these younger guys and I have to see my mom date these young. It was a lot. It was a lot. It's so gross. I'm so grossed out. It's disgusting. So I kept watching. And the worst <laughs> thing is they have challenges. And the first challenge, this is where I was like, I'm watching. This is going to be 
pulled off TV. Like I have to watch it now. So 20 years from before now, it's I say, gone. I watched it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I like yeah. These things. Yeah. So um, anyway, the first challenge is the moms had to um, be blindfolded. All the guys have their shirts off and the moms have to feel the chest to find out which one's their son. So yeah. take this in for a minute. You have a teenage son. So oh. one year older and just a bunch. And so like, it's not a sexual thing because it is very upsetting to watch them do. It doesn't it is, need to be sexual to be absolutely inappropriate. Oh, totally. It, but that's where I was like, <sighs> we're, we're starting at rubbing chests. Like, what is happening? And I hate so it. it's terrible. We have a friend that watches it, and I'll tell you off mic, but I respect her very much, and she's watching it, so I don't feel I know who bad. it is. I can already tell who it is. You do. <laughs> I don't want to out her because she's, <laughs> she's a, a respectable show. <laughs> no, no one expects kidding. much from me. So um, this week it was like giving away secrets. And one of the secrets was I slept with my no. I slept with my son's best friend. And that's how they found out. Again, these are all like dramatized. And you know, there's got to be like some mother sons in cahoots that want to take it sure, to the sure, end sure. or whatever. Wait, is there a prize? I'm realizing I don't know that. I don't think that I'm is so embarrassing. If there isn't, these people are deplorable. I mean, um, I'm deplorable. I'm keeping them on the air. No, no, no. You're not. So gross. I've seen commercials for it on. Is it on Peacock? What is no, it on? Oh, it's on TLC. It? Come on, oh, this TLC. Is the learning That's channel, why I'm baby. seeing it because I'm watching. Um, I'm still watching Sister Wives. I'm on the most tell recent all? tell all. Oof, the second. Dark. So I must have seen it there, but I do, I can picture the one moment where she's like, this just got real. Cause I guess that was probably right after she learned it's their sons. Yeah. Like <laughs> their my own son kids. is here. Yeah. It's, oh it's my gosh. 10 out of 10 do not recommend, but if you watch it, let me know because I'm sort of on an island, a MILF island, if you, if will, you will, by myself. <laughs> it's just too, it's too ridiculous that they, they did this plot line in 30 Rock Right. And you know they know, like the they creators. They had to. They like, had to. Oh, God. It's just like the lack of self-awareness. That's brilliant. Yeah. Well, that's super fun. I did not I did not see that coming. Yeah. I mean, you should have. Come on. Let's be honest here. Um, but I want to know what you're watching because it's got to be better than what I watched. Well, it's pretty good. I really, really like this show. I think you'll get it because I'm just going to give you the actors' names. Um, it's okay. Hulu. Claire okay. Danes and Jesse Eisenberg. Yes. It's uh, Fleischman's. What happened to Fleischman? Fleischman is in trouble. Okay, Fleischman is in trouble. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's very good. This show, I remember seeing like a preview for a couple months ago. And right? it was the kind of show that I got so interested in. I thought for some reason it was already out. Yeah, and I remember yeah. looking it up and it being like coming out in January or something. And I was like, why? Yeah. Like, Claire Dane on TV, I need it now. And I love Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. It's really, really good, but if you are of a certain age and have been married a little while, side note, it's my <laughs> wedding anniversary today, it could be a little jarring. It's definitely one of those like introspective shows about yeah. marriage, but it's so good. Yeah. And I will say there is a like a pretty decent, I don't want to call it a plot twist, but the, the point of view really shifts. You think it's okay. all going one way and then it goes a different way and I it made it brilliant. Um, but essentially, Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Claire Danes play a married couple in New York City. She's like a big time ad exec. He's a, a liver doctor and they have two children and she goes missing. And 
you think it's just this going to be this like search for her. Like I almost thought it was going to be like a true crime-ish, uh-huh. like missing woman story. But it turns out she just had left her family. Okay, And so Ooh. he's now like coping with being abandoned by his wife, right. raising his children in New York and managing his career. And they're young. They're like 40. Mm-hmm. <laughs> young, quote unquote. <laughs> I'm saying like young I know what you mean. I'm, yeah. I'm there now. We're going to call it young. I don't know why I young. said young. I think that was a weird subconscious being like, they're young. They're like me. They're like <laughs> 22. Like basically, I mean, they look it like, it's like that was my own weird insecurity talking. They're just regular people. And it explores. So during her absence, he becomes reconnected with his two best friends from college who are played by Adam Brody and Lizzie Kaplan. And they are Ooh, so good. Mm-hmm. So those three become like best friends again. And basically they're all in different states of a relationship with someone. Um, Lizzie Kaplan's character is already married, kind of in that like existential, yeah, kind of Mary Cosby place of like, is this what I was meant (laughs) to do? Um, Adam had never married, never settled down, playing the field till the last minute, but finally falls in love. And then um, Jesse Eisenberg's character, who is Toby Fleischman, is um, just like reeling, like, what right. happened and it's really good and then you have Claire Dane who is a huge part of this show even though she's missing because the show is just done so so well it yeah. goes back and forth in time and you get pieces filled in as you go and I really want you to watch it because I, I want to think about the end and if people are watching it I want to know what people are thinking because I don't know that the ending would be satisfactory for a lot of people but I liked it Okay. I'm 100% going to watch it. It's one that it's I've really good. been, yeah. Like, and I've heard people say that it's great, but you know, it's just the starting of a thing. So that was my final push. Trust me. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I, I, I heard it. it could bum you out a little. Well, that's I, what the warning was okay. at the top. Like if that's you're where, not feeling great in your age or marriage, it will not make <laughs> you feel better. <laughs> um, I'm feeling okay in both of those. Not great, but okay. So I could watch it. Um, okay. But really like, I would like, I have some friends. I was like, don't watch this right now. Like, yeah. let's see where you are in six months. <laughs> truly, truly. Yeah. Aww, see, I know even when Christine says it, I'm like, oh, truly. Janelle says truly a lot. She does. When not talking about the baby truly, the child truly, the young woman the truly. The 13 year old. <laughs> the many faces of truly. Um, so yeah, that was a great show. And now we get to find out what our, our next show will be about, meaning yes. our podcast, meaning clues. Well, first, can I ask you, you said oh, that we were going to mention right. my recommendation last yeah. time, Paul T. Goldman, which I already know this is going to be bad, so go ahead and lay no, it on me. No, it's, it's not bad at all. I just didn't know how to get into it on, on Instagram. So I don't dislike it. It reminds me of the, I'm sure where you've watched Christopher Guest movies. I love Christopher Guest Me movies. too. So it, rem- it gives me... The feeling of um, waiting for Guffman. Yes, love that it. That mockumentary style. Mm-hmm. But I can't, but I knew waiting for Guffman was a mockumentary. And I can't tell if this show is punking me. And I know there's like a shoe that's going to drop. And I feel like they're making it seem like that guy's really a person and this really happened. But I feel like it didn't. And, and maybe I'm just being too skeptical. And so part of me, I just, I also just don't like him. Like he's getting on my nerves, but I think that's part of it too. Yeah. Is that he's such a like dumb, dumb. Yeah. He's like very gullible. It's very like, he wants you to see him as a hero, but you're like, oh, you're kind of doing some really weird stuff too. Yeah. He's so yeah, it's weird. A, 
it takes you on a journey. I think the ending, the last episode was perfect. And it okay. just leaves you feeling good in okay. a way. Like it ends in a way but where I'm you're not But I'm dying to like, know if it's real. And I know you're not going to tell me and I, I just need to finish it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm almost done with episode two. I'm going to finish it because it's good. Like it's definitely so interesting. Yeah. But I'm just having a struggle because... Because I love those Christopher Guest movies so much. And I can't tell if this is a mockumentary. And it's just starting to like annoy me. What's your favorite Christopher Guest movie? Waiting for Guffman. Waiting for Guffman. Yeah. Mine is between... Well, I really think Best in Show is my favorite. Oh, it's, it's just my, my all-time favorite movie. Yeah. It's so I good. It. Oh, it's your mm-hmm. all-time favorite movie? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, Parker Posey. What's not to love? Amazing. I just think Waiting for Guffman is like maybe... I think it is a perfect movie. It's... Yeah. And you were a theater, like, yeah, acting and stuff. So I feel yeah. like you've got that with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Um, okay. So I'll finish it and report back. But that was a good recommendation. Um, and now, can you tell me the clues for our next episode? I will. I want to give you no pressure on this one because oh, I know our listeners will get it. But <laughs> oh, it says more about us than it does you. Okay. So feel good if you don't get this. Ready? Indiana. Okay. We have an Indiana okay. connection. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hatchet hmm. and Shirley. Like the name Shirley. Indiana, huh. Hatchet, Shirley. Wow. Mm-hmm. No idea. No. It's from a <laughs> franchise we have not covered yet. I was just going to say maybe The Bachelor, but we did cover The Bachelor. So, because yeah. I feel like it is a franchise of something that I don't watch. Mm-hmm. So it could be Survivor. Could be. <laughs> Your face, you got a good poker face. <laughs> it could be like an MTV um, type thing, Road Rules. Could be. Real World, could Challenge be. One, Challenge Mm-mm. Show. No. Okay. I don't know. Actually, one person does have a connection to the challenge on this franchise oh it's not this person wait but it is mtv we think maybe could be what in the world it's mtv in i'll give you mtv what would be in indiana okay i, know. I don't know so i'm gonna wild. think more about this off mic because yeah, this is not riveting um <laughs> but i'm excited me huh. too and we'll be back to do this in two weeks rebecca where can you find this podcast <laughs> can you find us <laughs> you can find us um on Instagram at Criminality yes. Show, Twitter, same place at Criminality Show, TikTok, which we're really doing our best on. Um, we are at Criminality Show Podcast. Yeah, TikTok. I think. It's a lot of words. <laughs> You'll find it's us. A lot of words. Yeah, new episodes every other Friday. We also have a website, criminalityshow.com, which you can check so out, cute. see past recommendations of things we've watched. You can get merch. And Melissa, you are on another podcast, Moms and Murder, which is every Tuesday. Every, every that you Tuesday. you can listen. Yeah. Every, every Tuesday. <laughs> I remember that as I'm editing late in the night. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Comes every around Tuesday, yeah. every week. Yep. Um, and thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. Bye.